the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The first six letters in Christmas are C-H-R-I-S and T. What's that spell? Christ, which should remind us that we celebrate Christmas for Christ's sake. Jesus, who gave us the greatest gift of all, salvation, which costs us nothing, but costs him everything. He is the reason for Christmas and every season. Many of us miss the real meaning of Christmas because we focus on giving gifts that last for a season rather than gifts of the spirit that last a lifetime and from generation to generation. Today, Pastor Rander compels us to remember that Christ is Christmas. Thank you for listening in today. Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. Have your Bibles. We'll be preaching a two-part message. We'll not dare try to finish it today because I don't want to rush you and I don't want to rush me. Uh, it is found in the book of Luke. And um, it's a Christmas uh, two-part message. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 11. It'll be our theme verse. But we'll be, keep your Bibles open. If someone near you does not have a Bible, uh, share your Bible so that they can see the word for themselves also. And there you'll find these words in the Gospel of Luke. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And from that particular verse, we're going to preach on reflections on the Christ of Christmas. We want to preach reflections on the Christ of Christmas. It seems as if the true meaning of Christmas is getting further lost in the trappings of the season. The birth of Jesus Christ is now being upstaged by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa, Mistletoe, Parties. Christmas is being upstaged. Jesus is being upstaged with Christmas trees and decorations and shopping till one drops. And when all is said and done in January, reality sets in and all you have as a reminder of the Christmas season is bills, depression, stress, and pressure. Now is the time for us to refocus, prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ by slowing down. Tell yourself to slow down. Say it now. Slow. Say it again. One more time. To slow down, reminisce, and reflect on the 
true meaning and essence of Christmas. And Satan's purpose is for you to get to this season, through this season, and miss the real reason for the season. And as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, there are four poignant penetrating questions that we must ask ourselves. Number one, why did Jesus come? Number two, when did Jesus come? Number three, how did Jesus come? And number four, what should be the believer's response to the birth of Christ? Okay, the four questions, and we're not dealing with all of them today. We'll wrap it up next time. The four questions is, why did Jesus come? When did Jesus come? How did Jesus come? And what should be the believer's response to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's deal with the first question. Why did Jesus come? Number one, Jesus came because of his father's love and his own obedience to the father's will. He came because of the father's love and his own obedience to the father's will. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved. That's a passionate love. He loved us with the, with, with the maximum intensity. He loved us that he sent his one and only son to die for us. 1 John 4, 9 says, In this the love of God is manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Now, the absolute highest expression of love in eternity past, present, and eternity future is the giving of God's one and only son, his one and only begotten son. When you say begotten, you ever thought about that word? Say begotten. What is begotten? It, it means that Jesus was his one and only unique son. He was his one and only unique son. He is the one of his kind, and there will never be no one else like him. That's right. That's what the begotten means. He was sent to be the sacrifice and subjected to his own creation and died for the sins of lost humanity by the hands of wicked men. Jesus, in absolute perfect obedience, submitted to the will of the Father, that we might live through him. That's why Jesus came. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were doomed. We were damned. We were on our way to everlasting hell. But Jesus came in the fullness of time, and he came to be the gift to, so that we would not have to have a bleak and gloom and doom future. And not only did Jesus, Jesus come because of the Father's love, but he came out of his own obedience to the Father's will. Uh, John 5.30, the Gospel of John 5.30, it says, I can, I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus submitting. Now, just because he submitted uh, to his Father's will does not mean he's any less God. Uh, he, 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 he took on the role uh, uh, that God assigned to him. 
in order to accomplish the redemptive work of God. And Jesus himself says in John 5.30, I can of myself do nothing. Look at that submission. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's powerful. He said, I'm, I'm here on a mission, and I'm here on my Father's mission. The Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 42 says, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Isn't that awesome? I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Who? God the Father sent the Son because God so loved the world in order to die to redeem mankind. Why don't you say amen to that? Let me ask you a question. Have you gotten so used to the Christmas uh, account that it it doesn't have significance with you anymore? Uh, Or you don't get excited about it? Are you just saying this is just, you know, another time of the year? Listen, this ought to impact you. It ought to refresh you. It ought to uh, motivate you into a spirit of gratitude for what Jesus did for you in his birth. Number two, why did Jesus come? He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to fulfill prophecy. Genesis 3.15 uh, says... And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, prophecies concerning the birth of Christ, prophecies concerning the life of Christ, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ was spoken as early as Genesis 3.15. As a matter of fact, Genesis 3.15, you need to write that down because Genesis 3.15 is called the first gospel. It is called, Genesis 3.15 is called the what? Why is it called the first gospel? Because this is the very first announcement of the coming redeemer found in the Bible. It is the very first announcement of the coming redeemer Found in the Bible right here in Genesis 3.15. You see, in that particular verse, it says, the seed or offspring of the woman, who is that? Christ will one day crush, defeat, bruise Satan's head, and Satan will bruise Christ's heel. What is the bruising of the heel? The bruising of the heel is the causing of Christ to suffer when he was on earth all the way up to the cross. In other words, all I'm saying, my friends, is that thousands of years before Jesus came, prophecies were spoken and it came to pass as prophesied with 100% accuracy. And that gives authenticity and validity to the Holy Scripture. What are a few of the scriptures? There are many prophecies that came to pass. Isaiah 9, 6, which is our memory verse for the month. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
Another prophecy as it relates to the birth of Christ is found in Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. Are y'all hanging with me? It says, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And it came to pass, as you look at the gospel accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And another prophecy that came, uh, that, that talks about the fulfillment of the prophets years ago is found in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. It says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. You see here, even in the New Testament, it's saying that these things are coming to pass now that were foretold hundreds and centuries of years ago by the prophets, now coming into fruition in the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The third reason why Jesus came. You need to know every believer, every blood-washed, born-again child of God need to know why Jesus came. So when people ask you in the marketplace or when the, uh, you're in H-E-B or wherever, in the doctor's office, wherever you are on the job, you ought to be able to give at least a few of these reasons what Christmas is really all about. Sad is the Christian that can enter the Christmas season and can't give reasons as to why. Jesus came. The third reason why Jesus came is he came to reveal the invisible God. That's staggering. He came to reveal the invisible God. You say, where is that? It's in the gospel of John chapter one. You need to turn there. Oh, if you have your Bibles in the name of Jesus, turn there. That Bible is not just to look cute, it's to be used. John chapter 1, verse 14, and then skip down to John 1, 18. And John 1, 14, it says, and the word, who is that? Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Uh, look at verse 18. He came to reveal the invisible God. It says, no one has seen God at any time. That's big. You ought to underline that. Why? Why? No man can see God and live. Why? Because in your flesh, you can't handle all that Jacana glory. The glory of God would burn you up. It would burn. Even when, when God, God let Moses look at him, he only let Moses so, see a piece of him, and that was the backside, and even the backside lit Moses up like a light bulb. No man can see God and live. 
So it says here in verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. The gospel, you're already in John, so just turn over a few chapters in the gospel of John chapter 14, verse 9, and you'll find something there relating uh, to Jesus Christ. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Haven't you seen enough to know who I am? In other words, he who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? In other words, he was saying, when you look at me, you're looking at the father. I'm a spitting image of my daddy. In other words, before the coming of Christ, God was invisible apart from being revealed in nature and through his mighty works in creation. God was revealed before the coming of Christ. God was invisible apart from being revealed in nature and through his mighty works in creation. You know, you can look at the the nature of God and his creation and see God all in creation. For example, if you can turn fast enough, if you can't, just look at the screen, I understand. Uh, But uh, Psalms 8, 3 through 4, Psalms 8, 3 through 4 says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Wow. The work of your fingers. Everything we see is the work of the hand of God. You can see God in creation. Psalms 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. When you can see the stars and the mountains and the valleys and the rivers and the ocean and conclude that there is no God, you are the biggest fool in the world. Matter of fact, Psalm 14, one says a fool says in his heart, there is no God. You got to be a fool to conclude that. You say, well, you're educated. Well, you're educated fool. If you're ignorant, then you're an ignorant fool. A fool is one who says there is no God, but one day they will bow the knee to Jesus and say you are Lord and God. I love what Psalms 33, 6 through 9. We're talking about the creation. Psalms 33, verses 6 through 9. It says there about God's creation. By the word of the Lord, The heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. Oh, that's awesome, y'all. That, that, one, that just drives me crazy right there. Uh, for, for God spoke and it was done. In other words, the world was created by God effortlessly. Wow, effortlessly. He commanded and it stood fast. And everything is in motion as God created it when he said, let there be. 
It was done and it is still being done to this day. Amen. But, but, but you know, something deeper, something phenomenally mysterious. God said, my creation is not enough. My prophets is not enough. I want to do them a whole lot better. I'm going to send them my son to assure that fallen humanity could experience God in a very special personal way and not miss the gift of salvation available to us. This invisible God took on flesh and lived among us. In other words, he pitched his tent with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the fullness of God in human body and is the perfect image and exact likeness of God. I reiterate, Jesus is the fullness of God in human body and is the perfect image and exact likeness of this invisible God. 1 Timothy 1.7. Just jot it down. You can't read all of these in the scriptures because I just got happy writing scriptures. I got happy. But, but it's for your reference so you can hear about this invisible God. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, and the word invisible. There it is. To God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God is eternal, always is, always was, is, and always will be. Uh, He's immortal. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie. And he's invisible. That's where your faith comes in. You got to believe God even though you can't see him. You hear what I said? You got to believe him even though you can't see him. You say, well, I got to see. Well, a whole lot of things you believe and don't see. That's right. You don't know how to at motor work, but you cut the car on and you drive it, don't you? Huh? You don't know all the intricacies unless you're an electrician. Of electricity, you just cut the light on. Huh? You, you, who, when you came in here, who tested the chair to see if it would hold you up? You just got in there and plopped yourself down and it was an assumption that it was going to hold you up. That chair could have collapsed and you could have been rushed off to the hospital. But by faith, you sat in that chair and believed God. By faith, you get on that plane. They say, buckle up, you buckle up. They say, don't you use this, you don't use that. Dump your, dump your perfume, dump your soap, dump your everything out. Now they're feeling on you everywhere. And, they let, and, you, and you let them feel, go on and feel. And if you don't want to do that, they x-ray you up and down. Huh? You know, and you go on, you mumble and you grumble, but you're going to get on that plane. You know, you don't have to fly. (laughs) And you do it, and you get on that You don't know if that pilot is even competent. You put faith. Isn't it amazing how we can put faith in all of these things, and then we struggle with putting our faith in God? Ah, Thomas doubted, he, he, he doubted God until he saw him. 
And when he touched him, he said, my Lord and my God. That's right. And then God told him, yeah, you believe because you, you handled me. But blessed are they that's coming on after. They believe though, not, though they don't see. And that's what I believe God. I believe him with all my heart. I mean, I don't have to see him now. His word is sufficient for me. I, I don't have to. Listen, in, in due time, I will see him for myself. So, so he is an invisible God. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15 says, uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Uh, Colossians 2.9. Just jot them down. You're not going to find them fast enough. Colossians 2.9 says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 30, it says, I and my Father are one. In other words, when you see me, you're seeing God. I'm the essence of who God is. I love what Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verse 3a says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. In other words, Jesus Christ is the perfect, exact imprint, exact representation and essence of God. He is the perfect, exact imprint, representation and essence of God. Many times they tell me, uh, your son is a spitting image of you. But, but he's still, uh, twins, twins have differences and all different DNAs and all these kinds of things. But, 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 but here, with, with Jesus and God, they're so inextricably tied together in essence and oneness that Jesus says, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Wow, that's, I mean, I'm his exact representative. I'm his exact imprint. Wow. I am in essence one with God. That's a staggering thought. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.